like no one's ever worked on TV here before. Here, you see, he gets penetration right there. Foul mouth football with your hosts. Thank you for joining us another edition of Foul Mouth Football. Today we have a special episode coming your way. We're going to be recapping the NFL offseason. A lot of uh, you know you casual fans, you might you not know, it might be turning off the TV after the Super Bowl ends. You might not really be paying attention throughout the summer. Maybe watching uh, you know God forbid baseball or basketball or some other sport. So you might have missed some of these major news stories that happen. And lucky lucky for you, you have us. So you know today we're going to be talking about some of the major news that includes. You know, some uh, some big-time suspensions on some really relevant players. Some moves around the NFL with players being cut, being traded, you know, being re-signed. And then some other just fun little stories that we want to dig up. So does, does anyone have any story they want to take the lead on? Uh, we can always start with the Al Jazeera report. <laughs> is that, was, is that is Al Jazeera report even, even off-season relevant? I don't, I don't even know anything about this. I don't... I only watch Fox News. What can someone uh, fill me in on on this Al Jazeera stuff? I know they're kind of tied in with Peyton Manning a while ago. To, to be honest, I thought Al Jazeera was uh, a terrorist organization for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a I think part of I ISIS, think, correct? Yeah, I think I think I think Trump's been talking about you know bombing them. At least keeping them out <laughs> of the country till we know what to do with them. I would, I would, I would be fine with uh, not allowing any Al Jazeera, like a full-time ban on all people, all, all Al Jazeera-ers from entering the country. So to uh, to be the voice of reason now that we've gotten uh, the the Al Jazeera jokes out of the way. Uh, so the, the shortened version of it, uh, Peyton Manning as well as other athletes. Uh, for those of you that uh, missed out on this report, it's been quite a quite a while now. Uh, Al Jazeera, this supposed accredited uh, media outlet, decided to come out and say that uh, Peyton Manning was linked to some kind of uh, performance-enhancing drugs and uh, and whatnot. Uh, so far, nothing's come of it, and uh, at some point I thought I'd heard that Al Jazeera was bankrupted because of a lawsuit brought upon them. Uh, I don't think Peyton Manning was involved with that part of it, but uh, I think it's funny because this has now led to a little bit of a um, an even more controversial relationship between Manning and Brady. Tom Brady was hesitant to hand over any evidence uh, when it came to Deflate Gate, and Peyton Manning said, "Yeah, here you go, take it." Uh, as it comes to evidence regarding his his uh, substance use, so uh, it's just kind of opened up the door to, I guess, just discussion about how much of this goes on in football and and how much of it is uh, bullshit such as what Al Jazeera reported. I don't think it takes long of watching Payne Manning the past two years to realize he's definitely not on any performance-enhancing drugs. And he only well, has all, like, 25 that's, yards. That's the thing, is look at Peyton Manning's career. Does anybody – and really think about this, and I've got a point to make. So, I mean, answer honestly, but my, I have a point to make. Would you think anything less of Peyton Manning if he, in fact, did use performance-enhancing drugs? I would I'd probably think of think more of Payne Manning to be honest. Like <laughs> dude, if you're not if you're not using drugs, you're not you're not trying your best. Uh, and, and he didn't really have he didn't really have much to work with in Indian you know, Indianapolis. Marvin Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> what? So I think one of two things happened, because they're actually like overall a really credible news source and like their whole founding and launching in America was based off them not being bipartisan like, you know, NBC or Fox or even just absolutely retarded like CNN. So 
what I think either happened was they tried to reach too much, you know, struggling ratings, so they just, like, reached too much and wanted to make some groundbreaking shit. Or, I think, conspiracy theory, they reached too far because no one wants to see Peyton fall. He had that one time where he sat on a girl's face in Tennessee. I guess you could count that as sexual assault these days. Uh, <laughs> but no one cared. That's why Peyton Manning's bulletproof, man. Some guys are Teflon. Peyton Manning's one of them. And I'll, who didn't put their, you know, their ass in inappropriate places in college? Yeah. But, like, I, I, I need Peyton Manning to be Peyton Manning and, like, be a golden god because there, there's not enough good in the world. And, like, he needs to be a figure. You know, it's kind of like Bill Cosby. <laughs> Well, my my point about Peyton Man- <laughs> okay, my point about Peyton Manning, from the you know from the start here, look, he, maybe he did use these drugs. I don't know, and, and quite frankly, I don't care. And here's why: Peyton Manning has never been the most athletic quarterback. He's never been great on his feet. It's not like he had a cannon. Uh, you know, he could throw the ball accurately. He never was quite the one to throw the bomb down the field. Uh, so Peyton Manning won his whole career with his brain. These drugs are not going to enhance his brain. Uh, Peyton Manning made his way on what was in his head and not what was going into any other orifice or whatever in his body. So, I don't. It, quite frankly, if he used them, he used them. It, I don't think it makes a damn thing a difference. That, that's a good point. Um, because, yeah, Peyton was known. Like, yeah, he probably maybe used it to heal. Like, you know, worst case, he used it to heal after surgery. I can live with that, and I can live with all of it. I just need Peyton Manning to be Santa Claus for me. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like a guy who is, like, overtly, like, using a bunch of HGH. Like, he looks like a 45-year-old father that, like, hasn't seen the weight room in, like, 15 years. Like, he, he looks nothing like an Adonis. Oh, no, I love it, and I think everyone respects Peyton. They love all the commercials he's in. He's, he's kind of a funny guy. Um, and, you know, you watch Tom Brady, and you're kind of jealous. You watch Peyton Manning, and you're like, he's, he's one of the guys. Uh, I, I don't know how he's a professional football player, because, I'll be right honest, like, I, I think my body's comparable to Peyton Manning's. I think everyone on this podcast's body is comparable to Peyton Manning. Like, you take a shirt off and, you know, hit the faces. Besides besides Rick, you probably couldn't tell which one is which. <laughs> black and white who knows what we can tell yeah <laughs> it could be russell wilson maybe <laughs> there you go i will say this about paid manning though is um it's his forehead like that that is a massive forehead and oh, that's, that's a four forehead. yeah yeah like you could probably write h-e-h on that forehead and you know you, you, I, I think he did h-e-h <laughs> just purely off that forehead that that's evidence enough <laughs> It's like Barry Bonds' hat when you know when he was early '90s, just starting out, versus uh, post steroid use, and his head grew like four sizes. It's kind of like the Grinch's heart; it just the kept Grinch's on growing. Heart, that's, yeah, that's like what I was Grinch's thinking. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that's and then on 1996, Barry Bonds' heart or head grew four times that day. Four, four sizes that's, that's that day. What's funny is you can put Barry Bonds before. You know, HGH, you put him before and after, there's a clear difference. With Peyton Manning, it's like, here's Peyton Manning before, and it's him in a Colts uniform, and then after is Denver, and nobody knows an actual difference between the body types. So uh, I'd be shocked if he did it. If he did it, it was to recover from the 
fucking neck surgery, and I think any of us would use anything to recover from that. Uh, so, uh, you know, Al Jazeera, people have been giving them credit for far too long. Um, <laughs> there, there's a reason nobody's ever heard of them until now. That's, that's uh, our take. Al Jazeera, you come at, you come with the king, you best not miss. Yeah. They swung and they missed. They, they tried to take down American <laughs> hero, you know, American icon. And go back, go back to uh, you know, whatever, whatever rock and whatever desert you guys came from. That's symbolic. Sand people. Sand. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I blame Papa John. I bet he sprinkled some HGH on some of them pizzas and fed them to Peyton. He's probably John, the bastard. Papa Jesus. John. Like, I, I really just don't get their name. Like, they need to Americanize it if they're going to come over here. I think we have more Twitter followers than Al Jazeera. So, so for other people that you know might have misbehaved, you said you said Tom Brady earlier. Uh, what do you guys make? Uh, probably the biggest news is that suspension being upheld. He, he's not really going to you know try any any further. He's just going to finally eat the medicine. It's been deflate you know deflate it happened so long ago, back when the Colts were actually like considered a good team in the NFL. Uh, but he's finally getting that four game suspension. What do you guys make of it? Fair? Not fair? And uh, how will it impact the Patriots? Do you think, you know, if you've seen their schedule in the first four weeks, how do you think they're going to come out of it? I think uh, four games, I thought, was harsh, uh, and here's why. Uh, whether he did it or not, once they realized during that Colts game so long ago, uh, I'm pretty sure he had a perfect passer rating after they discovered the deflated footballs. Um, you know, if he did it, maybe two games. Um, as I recall, there weren't many rules regarding, uh, you know, the the physical tampering with the football. So I think they just kind of made a rule on the fly, uh, like they did with Ray Rice, and what a great job that all went with. Um, <laughs> I just I think it was a little uh, absurd of a penalty, but uh, regardless of that, you know what? I'm glad it's over. He's 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 going to take the punishment. Uh, I'm sick of hearing about it. And uh, I, you know, Garoppolo, I don't really know much about him, but. Uh, I know they play the Cardinals, um, and then I think after that, I recall just thinking that they were probably going to end up three and one or two and two at worst. Um, I want to say Miami and Buffalo are two of their first four games. Um, not positive, but I know Arizona's one, so I know they're going to lose at least one game. Um, but they're in a weak division, or what I perceive to be a weak division. So I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I've got the schedule pulled up now, Don or Andrew. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, week one Cardinals, week two Dolphins, week three Texans, week four Bills. None of those, none of those games are gimmies. You know, the Cardinals won the toughest teams in NFC last year, and a lot of people think the Texans made moves to possibly place themselves in the upper echelon of the AFC. Uh, Dolphins and Bills both have pieces to. I don't know. They make a playoff, maybe playoff push, maybe like the Jets last year, where they can put a winning, winning record together. Maybe you know have those wild card dreams. I'm not saying 0 and 4. They have good. They still have a, you know good roster. Uh, still a capable backup quarterback. But I mean, it, it would They could lose. It, they could. I, I could say they could lose any one of those games. Not not all four, but they could easily you know come out. Uh, you know, one and three. I think if I think if you take two and two right now, anything better than that's just gravy. Dude, that's all right. That's bullshit. Cardinals, Dolphins, Texans, and Bills. Historically speaking, like you're not looking at great franchises there. I'm not saying it's like just it's the NFL after all. It's not just like straight gimmies. But to say that they, you know, they're just absolute toss-ups is pretty unfair. I mean, Texans were a playoff team last year. They won their division. 
the Cardinals, uh, you know, were were Super Bowl pick by many. So I mean, I think in those two games, you could, you play Patriots probably going in as an underdog, and then Bills, Bills and Dolphins last year, you know, they they're they're solid squads. They're they're stingy. They're not they're not great, but uh, I mean, without Brady, you, they, they definitely miss a step. I'll agree, Patriots without Brady, they're gonna miss a step, but they still have, like entire team around them. They still got Bill Belichick at the helm, so like it, it's not that bad. And it, it, I would say they're probably gonna take three out of four. My thought is just you know, just to kind of look at these games in a nutshell. Arizona, like you know, like Ryan was saying. It's a Super Bowl pick by a lot of t- by a lot of people, a lot of these uh, supposed experts, uh, and I and I agree with them. I think Arizona is going to be a tough out this year. Uh, I don't see them winning that game. I think Arizona is just too talented, and that has you know even with Brady in the lineup, I don't know that I would I would just pick New England outright. Um, Miami, I think last year I went in, uh, I went in thinking Miami was kind of a team on the rise this year. I don't really know what to make of them. I think they've kind of hit their mark. I think Jarvis Landry and uh, Devon, it's a bad supporting cast for Ryan Tannehill right now. Um, The Bills, it's year after year with that team. You you never know when they're actually going to make the push to get through, and I think Tyrod Taylor is overhyped. I think uh, there wasn't a lot of film on him. I don't think teams knew really what to study about him. They do now, and then Houston, truth be told, I think they're a complete toss-up, so I see two and two at worst. If they go one and even if they go zero and four, I really uh, I don't have a lot of doubts because I think we we've all seen what happens when you piss Tom Brady off. Well, yeah, I mean the, the first game back, I believe, uh, you know, against the Browns, that's just serving up an angry, angry uh, Brady. You know, prime rib on a platter. It's just gonna he's gonna put up some like nuts numbers. I feel like when he comes back, because you said he'd piss him off and. And that's who you're going to get with the Patriots. It's uh, they've they've done in the past before when they feel slighted, and I don't think I don't think this impacts their status as Super Bowl contender. If anything, it might cost them in the long run. Maybe the one seed in the AFC if some other team can take advantage of it. But looking around that conference this year, I mean, the Broncos. You have to say I, they have some talent, but I still think they're going to take a step back. Um, Steelers, Bengals, Texans, Colts, like. Even even with this four game Brady out four games, I really don't think it's going to impact the end game uh, table that you're looking at. No, I, I I still think they're going to be right there at the end competing for a buy. Uh, I'm not going to guarantee they get it. Uh, I think there's you know like you said Ryan, there's there's some really good teams out there in the AFC this year, which uh, it, that that AFC is definitely improving from where they've been the last few years. So they'll be there at the end. Regardless of the suspension, uh, I, I'm not going to make a hot take and say they still get a buy, but uh, they'll definitely at least be competing for it. Now, I got the Bleacher Report update on this, and you know they're saying that Brady wouldn't appeal this to the Supreme Court. I kind of wanted him to appeal this to the Supreme Court, and the players' union is appealing it, but you know they have entire completely different reasons to it. I just wanted something this retarded to be in the Supreme Court, <laughs> or at least I don't know, for them to acknowledge it. I just wanted them to acknowledge that Tom Brady is appealing this to the Supreme Court. You know, like, put this right in between, like, gay marriage and, like, abortion. I don't know. It's, like, one of the landmark cases of the last 50 years. Does anyone know what the Supreme Court does? Like, 
you know, 360 days of the year. I feel, I feel like every every year you have one case that they rule on that people make a big fuss about. But if you if you ask someone like, oh, name the last five Supreme Supreme Court, you know, rulings, they wouldn't know. I don't know. This would be a good use of their time, a great use of taxpayer dollars. Uh, I think a lot of people would finally, you know, see the Supreme Court's all about. Um, it would be, you know, good good uh, intersect between the government and the people. I, I, people always say like, oh, it is dumb for the government to get involved in, you know, college sports or the BCS. But I mean, what else? Like the, the average person doesn't know what the fuck the government's doing, so might as well do something that you know be fun. I think entertainment's just as important, you know, to us as as some of these major issues. Uh, no, I, I think it would be an absolute <laughs> waste of taxpayer dollars to do it, but I still want them to do it. So. uh... You know, another another potential suspension that came across, you know, off the presses uh, recently, is is that that Bell, you know, missing the drug test. I think there's some some rumors that you know he said he had, didn't have a the old cell phone and he didn't know when to come in. Um, not sure if you can buy that or not. But but if that if, you know if if that holds, it'd be just like Brady, another four game suspension. This is you know a player that usually when misses games is due to injury. Now it could possibly be due to to you know. Failing by NFL standards, a drug test would that hurt the Steelers? Do you think this will even be upheld? Do you think it's a smart rule? I mean, there's a lot of takes you can have on this. It absolutely should be upheld. Look, he this whole claim that he got a new number and uh, didn't get the call about his drug test. First of all, that you felt uh, does it, is it just me or does that kind of make him look stupid to begin with? Look, you know that eventually you're going to be drug tested. It's going to happen, and what you've essentially just told the NFL by saying, I didn't know when I was going to be tested is, okay, well, I'm going to do the drugs anyway, and then whenever I'm going to be tested, that's when I'll stop. First of all, I think you're making a big mistake in that regard. Secondly, when you get a new phone, new phone number in particular, it's been 15 years or so since I've gotten a new phone number, So, uh, but I think I'm smart enough to realize the first people I'm giving my number to is family and uh, then the employer. Those, those people that fall into that category, they're getting the new number, first and foremost, because I don't want to miss anything on either front. So I think this absolutely should be upheld. I, I don't think – if it gets reduced at all, it's an absolute sham. Uh, Bell should be suspended more games for being an outright idiot. 420, blaze it. Uh, I will say, like, it's, it's pretty fucking ridiculous that, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm on his side, but – it is pretty fucking ridiculous that he's he got a new number. It's like, you know, I've I've had the same phone number since I got my cell phone like over ten years ago. Like, like what the hell was he doing? Like switching from Boost Mobile or something? Like you're you're a fucking NFL running back. You're making millions of dollars a year. You're fine. Like what actually made you switch your phone number? You just start off with that. But B. Does that sound like the most bullshit, like, you know, dog ate my homework kind of excuse? Does it, it is very convenient. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Al- he's also a repeat offender. I mean, like, he's been there before. And I don't think he's ever come out and said that he never did any drugs. Like, he just said that he got a new phone number. Right. And, that, and, that is, and that's exactly the point I was pressing is, you know... Uh, forget you know p- just put aside you know making sure your new um, your employer has your new number but he came out and said he failed it because he got a new number and didn't know about the test 
And that's the part nobody seems to be talking about. He failed because he didn't know the test was coming. That implies he does the drugs anyway. That should be a problem with the no, NFL, no, and no, it's something no, no. nobody talks about. I, I disagree with that. Like I'm, I'm going to just sake argument. I'm going to say his story is 100% true. Those are random drug tests, all right? And he didn't know when to show up for the drug test. That does not necessarily imply that he was smoking weed. So, yeah, I don't know where you're you're drawing your conclusions from, but I, I just don't see it. As a as a smart person, my response would have been: Had I known about the test, I would have come and passed with flying colors. Uh, not that I didn't get the message, and hence uh, I didn't know about the drug test. I probably would have thrown in there: I would have passed had I been there, uh, and give me the test right now because I will also pass now. Objection, uh, Your Honor. Speculation. And that's that's what we're that's all we're getting is speculation. That's all sports is. But you know what? This is this is this is a court of law, all right. And I'm saying Le'Veon Bell would have passed that drug test, or he maybe wouldn't have. But we don't know. But you cannot speculate otherwise because that man has not been proven guilty. So let let him play. Let the boys play. The look, 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 the look. civil the civil court the NFL court is a civil court. It's preponderance of the evidence. It is not be, beyond a reasonable doubt. Full disclosure, Rick's a Steelers fan, so we can just throw out everything he said as pure bias. On that subject, let's talk about how Vontez Burfick shouldn't be suspended. What uh, <laughs> was he suspended for again? Like playing football? I if you look at the you know NFL. NFL Network, where they do their highlight reels of players in the the glory days of the sport, they're doing shit that Burfick was doing all the time. You know, they're leaning in with their heads. They're getting on the sideline, gouging players in the eye. Back then, it was tough, rugged. Now it makes you a thug. I'm not buying it. I hate how politically correct football has gotten. I honestly think, like, every when you go on the field, all everything that's on you, you should be allowed to do whatever you want with it. If that means taking your helmet off, using it as like a projectile. I think that's fair game. Uh, I I don't remember Burfick doing really anything anything wrong this past season. He's, he's he's a good role model for you know you know potential defensive kids everywhere. Let me just throw out there that I, I'm with Ryan in this the in the overall respect, and this is you know full disclosure, you know Burfick suspension aside. Look, when you strap on all these pads and play a contact sport like football, one of the most you know, one of the most you know, con- contact sports in the world, not called rugby. You've got to know what what's coming. They've they've made all these rules, saying you can't hit this, you can't hit that. Forget all that. You know what you're signing up for. Guys are retiring earlier now, and that's okay. That's their prerogative. They made a career decision based on the danger of the game. I'm just saying, make the game the way it used to be. Let them play. If they're going to hit in the head, they're going to hit in the head. You know what? If you choose to strap on the pads and the helmet and the cleats, you need to know right away that that could happen. And all these players that have bitched about it since they retired, uh, they should get nothing. I know they've gotten a lot. They shouldn't get anything. I will say this. like I'm probably a carpal tunnel from working my desk job or some shit like that. You don't see me bitching about it. And you know what? Same I'm thing, pro- you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not going to make half the money they did like yeah take away part of my like frontal lobe for like a quarter you know like yeah like a few million dollars i'll give you one of my testicles i don't give a shit 
Who's that? Who's the uh, other big, you know, suspension? Is, is Gordon finally coming back? The Browns. I feel like I feel like this guy. I don't even remember the last time this guy played a football game. It's gonna be cool though. I mean, it's gonna be him and Brady both making their uh, you know appearances game week week five. Don't think it's really gonna go too well for Gordon though. The last time Josh Gordon was on a field, people some people thought jo- uh, thought Johnny Manziel had a good shot at a good NFL career. So, so refresh me on this one, Josh Gordon. Um, he was originally out for the entire season, right? Like he failed another drug test and he was out for the entire season. But they uh, it, it, he was. Yeah, he was he was out all last year. Yeah, no, he was all, out all last year. But like, I thought he was out all this year, and then he was like, he got it reduced. Or am I getting my years mixed up? I, well, I think was it a, was it an indefinite suspension? Because I think I saw that he was reinstated and going to serve a four game suspension. I thought they were two separate things. I could be wrong, but I just based on the way it was worded in the news report, it kind of sounded like. He had an indefinite suspension because of multiple failed drug tests. Because, as with Le'Veon Bell, he's an idiot. Uh, so it's, it sounded to me like he was just reinstated to the league and given an additional four games. Mm. All right. Does Got this it. guy have any any fantasy value at all? I mean, all people were looking at him as a sleeper pick in previous seasons. Didn't pan out. Uh, you know, when he's on the field, he's a game changer. He has RG three throwing to him, which. You might laugh at this, but I think there's some competence there. You know, I think there's some kind of a, a decently high ceiling. Uh, is this a guy you could snag late in the league? Uh, will he make a difference, you know, regular season for the Browns, or is it just going to be, you know, another chapter in, in what could have been a much better NFL career? I, I would I would say it's going to end up being another chapter. But my advice to any fantasy owner out there, if you're in a keeper league, um, take a flyer on him. Keep an eye on him. Maybe you get to that last round. You've filled all the gaps on your team. You've got your backups as needed. You've got your starting lineup, whatever the case is. If he's sitting there in the very last round, it can't hurt you to take him because odds are anybody else you would draft instead of him is probably not going to make that much of an impact on your team at that point. So I would I would look at him in that regard, but if you're in one of these leagues that starts over every year, I, I, I can't say you would take a you would take too much of a look at him. How the fuck do you think Josh Gordon is actually gonna fall to like the last round of the draft? Yeah, I'm a brick. Well, because he's suspended and he's been suspended. He's had a year and some change off. He's uh, it's not like he's gonna be. If anybody rates him high, they're high as all hell, and they're just as stupid as he is. I'm not, I'm not, say, I'm not saying he's. I'm not gonna say you know rate him high, but like fucking like tenth round. 12th round, 13th round, like, if he's around at that point, I'm picking him the hell up. Like, I mean, he's a hell of a wide receiver, right? And, like, he doesn't, yeah, we don't know what the hell is going on in Cleveland because nobody knows what the hell is going on in Cleveland ever. But, I did, like, Cleveland knows. yeah, like, like, him not getting drafted in, I don't know, like, a 10-person league, like, I don't see him... Like it, it, maybe it's like eight person or a six person league or some shit like that. Like I can see him not getting drafted, but anything above that, like he's getting drafted. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't see any kind of hype here. I don't. I don't oh no, 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 dude, he's he's only twenty five years old. The the year he led the league in receiving, he like sat out two games and still led the league in receiving. He was averaging like one hundred and seventeen yards a game. With a, a no-name quarterback, like the Browns will be throwing he, a lot, they'll be down a lot, you know. 
Exactly. They'll be throwing a lot. He'll get tons of garbage time if nothing else. Like he's he's gonna be a viable option. I'm kind of with Rick. Like I would I would take a fly on even on a non keeper league, probably like eighth or ninth and in my league. Hey, so uh, speaking of fantasy implications, I'm just gonna throw this in there. What, all right, so assuming Le'Veon Bell. So I have this I mean, backstory. I had this argument with somebody earlier this week, but. Assuming Bell is out for four games, where do you put D'Angelo Williams in the draft order? I still think you can't take him that early. Like, I mean, that's still, I, yeah. I still say with six round at best. Yeah, right. I mean, you can't force what your entire season yeah. on on picking him in the top like few couple rounds. That's ridiculous. And and I and I say this would honestly put Bell in the second round. I would not. I just don't think uh, he has an injury concern already built in, and now he's out for you know four weeks, which is usually a third of the season or so in most leagues. If you're looking at the first round pick, you just can't have your first round pick not be on the field that long. I, I, I think you can you know definitely have bring value, but this Williams you can't I, you can't you know really pick him that early, and then Bell I think if you're looking at first round picks, I'd rather go with a top end receiver Gronkowski or you know another stud running back. And that's and that's kind of my thought is you know, Bell I believe as of re- here recently was was projected to be like a number five pick or so. Uh, I think that draft is uh, that stock's going to fall a little bit. Um, I, I would say first two rounds. I still he probably goes in that range. But yeah, with Williams you still got to wait at least you know six maybe even seven rounds depending on where he falls. Um, it's for a guy that's only going to start for four weeks. Uh, you know, last year it paid dividends if you drafted him because he got a lot of playing time because Bell was suspended and then got hurt. Um, this year, I, I, you know, you're probably not going to get the same production unless the same thing happens for Bell again. So I think you're better off to pass on, on both of them, uh, at least at least Bell, uh, to get a higher-end wide receiver, tight end, or even a, you know, a higher-end running back that's out there still. Um, and, and the same goes with six or seven. If you've got viable wide receiver or tight end options sitting there, it's it's hard to take a guy that's going to start four games. So tell us why we're wrong, Rick. No, I, I would absolutely agree. So the person I was talking about was saying that you know D'Angelo Williams is a fifth round pick, and there's no fucking way. The only way I can see the argument is if you're saying that Bell is not going to play the entire season, because the way Tomlin coaches that offense he's gonna he it's not gonna be you know running back by committee or anything like that it's gonna be one running back's gonna be going at it the entire time even if you look at last season and bell's production and then d'angelo williams production like during the season because he started off good when bell was out bell came back in and he he was running the game so you're not gonna see a running back by committee you're not gonna really see shared carries very much um, and so the only way I can see D'Angelo Williams being anything remotely considerable is if you really, really believe that Bell is not going to play the entire season, which arguably is a, you know, it's a, that's a decent argument because he, he, you know, the last two seasons he, has, he didn't play the entire season. So. So, so he talks, you know, suspensions. Uh, you know, that's always a major, major news point. Um, and you guys want to bring up some, you know, major other, other off-season moves, maybe cuts, uh, maybe re-signs, if there's any 
in the offseason kind of trades or draft picks. What 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 are what some things that the listeners that are just tuning in for football news should be should be aware of? Well, I mean, just today, uh, you know, the Jets and Fitzpatrick finally sparked the deal. What is it like one year, twelve million, something like that? So it seems like Fitzpatrick finally got what he wanted. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think that yeah. I think that's the right deal for for both sides in that regard. Um, I know that they've been far apart for a while, and. You know, for the Jets, that's, he's he's just you know plugging the gap for now, just trying to to fill in and maybe get them to the playoffs uh, while they continue to develop whoever the hell they're trying to develop, Geno Smith or Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg, whoever the fuck they're trying to groom these days. I don't know if, who who's there anymore, but uh, yeah, I, he he he's just a temporary solution. So there would be no sense in signing him to a two or three year deal. Yeah, and if you look at the Jets last year, they were, you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs. Um, they met, they got Matt Forte. He, I still kind of iffy from you know a personal standpoint, but he's been misreliable his whole career. He's definitely getting up there in age, but you know we have uh, Fitzpatrick for one year. We got Forte probably has one, maybe possibly one more good year left in him. They have some talent on that offense with Marshall. Um, it's a tough division to you know make room in. But I think it's a sign that they have faith in, in uh, Fitzpatrick. He had, you know, a career-high season last year in terms of quarterback rating, uh, you know, touchdowns, yardage. He had, he had an all-around pretty solid year. So I think this is their, their chance to, you know, give him one more year to see if he can take that step forward and then possibly lead the team to the playoffs. It's not going to happen. I mean, let's be real. The fucking Jets aren't going anywhere. But uh, I, think, I think he's a guy that does deserve that, you know, one-year one paycheck. How about Nick Foles? Yeah, the Rams uh, cut Nick Foles. There was the, the career of Nick Foles is pretty interesting because I mean he really burst on the scene a few years back with Philadelphia. Had some huge games down the stretch. Um, what was it? I think he had like four touchdowns against like the Raiders one week, followed by a couple more games. And and really the the, the season after that, uh, a lot of people pegged Foles, you know, be a top ten quarterback, be one of the, the most promising you know young arms in the NFL. Um, didn't pan out in Philadelphia. They, so yeah, so so the yeah so so the Eagles and Eagles and the Rams had that you know much talked about Bradford Foles trade. One of those rare trades in NFL where both teams actually lose. Uh, Bradford, I don't think he has any you know anyone thinks he has much of a future. It was awful last year. Um, Foles, guess the guess the Rams are done with him. Um, but you know, so the Rams had some young talent. But I, I think it really does show that you know in the NFL if how quickly you can kind of go from being a golden child to to kind of cast aside. I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, we're seeing also with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I remember it wasn't even that long ago when, when this was a guy that people were talking about as, you know, making Joe Montana comparisons of all things. And, and now, there's, you know, he's probably not going to be in San Francisco much longer. Yeah, I remember when, um, I guess after their first rookie season, I remember their second season, but... Um, when Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson were like kind of held in the same regard, and it's like, oh, like you know, these are two up and coming quarterbacks in the NFL, and then the following season, Colin Kaepernick just absolutely fell off. Um, so it come with a Nick Foles, where I, I would argue, though, you know, a little bit different than Colin Kaepernick. I feel like he's been kind of dealt a little bit of a shitty hand, and 
you know, I think he could probably get picked up somewhere, and there's probably probably a couple of teams that could use a good quarterback like him, and then you know, give him maybe a few years to settle in, and you can really build a franchise around him. Yeah, I really wanted to see him go to uh, Denver. I think Denver would be a great spot for him. Yeah, so the the Denver Broncos, you know, their, their quarterback situation really opened up a lot of room for speculation about who they could possibly get. I know when they signed Mark Sanchez, I just remember, or traded for Mark Sanchez, however it went, when they got Mark Sanchez, there was a lot of, you know, nobody really actually thought that was who they were going to be starting. Uh, there were certainly, you know, the, the capper, Nick, you know, calls and, and, you know, what have you, whoever else was out there, but, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and guys like that. So uh, I think it just kind of shows how important the quarterback position is. It continues to – it just furthers that idea that the the quarterback is the most important person on the field. Uh, I, I That quarterback position right now, you know, speaking of signings, that Mark Sanchez signing for, for Denver, that could end up putting them in, in quite the position. What else? Where's the major other, other big moves to talk about? So I think one that would one that would at least be interesting uh, is Arian Foster to the Dolphins. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and claim to know what their idea is with Arian Foster. Um, I, I don't know. I assume he's going to be the starter, but for a guy whose bones at this point are are being held together with duct tape and glue. Uh, I, I can't imagine he's going to be a full-time starter. Uh, I know they had uh, what's I don't even know how you say his name, Jay Ijj, whatever his name is. Um, he was supposed to be the starter out there. Uh, it just it's a further further evidence without Lamar Miller. Uh, you know that team is lacking in star power. Uh, a guy's not named Adamakin Sue. So I think I think seeing what Foster can do on a new offense out there in Miami, I think it'll be interesting. But odds are he'll be hurt by the second play of the season. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say over under six games. Under, under, under. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't see. I, I think they. Um, I think that play is pretty simple. It's you know like, you know, you, you ever been like really drunk at a casino and you're like fuck it, double zero. Playing roulette is essentially the same thing. It, it is such a crapshoot for Aaron Foster to actually finish it. it, it we don't know. I don't want to say crapshoot for him to finish the entire season. He's not going to finish the entire season ever again. I don't. I, like, I don't even know like what you could possibly get out of him. He's just so risky, and like at this point, like you're saying, like he's just so hurt, and he's an old man for the league. I I I'm actually really surprised he even came back this year. I thought he would be done. God smited Aaron Foster. He came out in that damn article and, and claimed to be an atheist. And God said, "Your football abilities are numbered." <laughs> what about uh? I do think Lamar Miller in my in uh, Houston is going to be. I, I feel like. I feel like that's a pretty good marriage. You know, Miller's still young enough to get some good years out. Um, the big the big question marks in, in Houston is going to be around the quarterback, Osweiler. Uh, but that's a team that, you know, I think will be committed to running the ball and give Miller the carries that he never really received and he deserved, you know, in Miami. And that that was a piece last year that when Foster was in, they were, you know, a pretty good team when he was out and hurt. 
they had to, they had to score in different ways. Um, I I really like that, and I, I could honestly see. I'm not sure if you take Miller first round. I, I know we don't want to take us to fancy talk, but I just think you know this could this could be a huge year for for Lamar Miller in a year that there's a lot of question marks around some top end running backs. Well, we've seen some you know here in the last few years. I mean, Arian Foster had a good season out there in Houston. Before him, Steve Slayton. I mean, Houston's put together some nice running back seasons. Now, obviously, that that doesn't guarantee any kind of success uh, for for Lamar Miller. But I think Miller definitely has the talent to make an impact there. And plus, I don't, I don't, I can't sit here and say that I'm some kind of scout that has watched Brock Osweiler over and over again on game film. But he seems to me like the kind of quarterback that will enjoy that dump pass off to the running back in the flat and. Lamar Miller's good for that. Uh, he's he's a good uh, he can catch the ball and, and start run, and that's you know one of his one of his strong points. So I think that makes him an even more interesting fantasy option, and uh, he could prove to be a really big part of of a Houston offense that right now is very very questionable. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that Houston got right this offseason, it was bringing in Lamar Miller. Like he should be at the apex of his career right now. Like you guys said, he never really got uh, probably enough enough uh, touches probably in Miami, uh, and I think um, shit. What's is it O'Brien? What's his name in Houston? Bill O'Brien. I think he'll. Bill O'Brien. I think I'll, yeah. I think, I'll, I think I'll use him correctly. Yeah, I could see. I, you know, and I do think Bill O'Brien. I think he's gonna. Um, I think he's gonna prove to be a decent coach. Uh, what he can do with with Brock Osweiler will, I guess, prove that. But uh, these running back signings, as we're we're talking about them, I know Chris Ivory left the Jets in favor of Jacksonville, and I've said it several times on our on our already limited number of of shows here. But uh, it, Chris Ivory joining the Jaguars, I, I love the Jaguars this year. I really love what they've done with that team. Last year, I think you definitely saw the deficiency in the running game. Uh, T.J. Yeldon is not built to, to carry a backfield. So I, to, to put a veteran in the backfield with him, especially one who's had such a good run over the last couple of years, uh, that, that's just going to – an already high-powered offense with Allen Robin, Robinson and Hearns uh, and Blake Bortles, that's, that offense is going to be something you – know, they're, they're going to terrorize some defenses this year with Ivory in the backfield now. Yeah, and don't they have Julius Thomas, too? And Julius Thomas, who hasn't enjoyed the same success but it looks like uh, since he left Denver, but it looks like Bortles is getting there. You know, we talked about the the Texans, but we didn't even talk about really Brock, Eis- uh, Brock Osweiler. And he is still offseason. You know, it was early in the offseason when he had that, that move, but it still counted as the offseason. And he you know, got a lot of credit for arguably being more effective than Payne Manning and helping that Denver team you know, stay afloat. We've seen a lot of teams, you know, make those trades before on fool's gold. Uh, I think Matt Castle got paid too much after that Patriots, Patriots season. Um, Alex Smith got some, you know, you can debate whether what he got was worth it in Kansas City because he's done pretty well there. Uh, but do you think Brock? I mean, he surely has to be better than what the Texans had last year. Can he make them an AFC contender? First of all, I'll, I'll just put it into the universe. I think he was stupid from the beginning to leave Denver. He left a great fucking situation out there in Denver, uh, a top-notch defense, and 
uh, you know, good receiver, Demarius Thomas. He left a really good situation in favor of one that is a lot more questionable. Uh, you've got a decent defense. There's, there's no doubting it. But uh, you know, there's all, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, but he never. I thought uh, he never really proved himself. I thought while he put up decent numbers, he wasn't blowing anybody away. Uh, he didn't outplay AJ McCarron. So, I, you know, for him, you know, financially, yeah, okay, fine. It, it was a smart move, but uh, I, I'll I'll go ahead and say the jury's out on him right now for me. I, I'm interested to see what he does in Houston, but I, I think he set himself up more to fail than to succeed by leaving a very good situation with Super Bowl champions. Now, do you actually think that he would have started in Denver? I don't think you actually. Yes, would yes, he would. Yeah, yeah, I think he would have started in Denver as well. Like, I don't think, I don't think he, it's even a competition with him and Sanchez. No, I, way, I, I think they, they would have if, they would have signed him to start. Only way does it start is if they make another you know offseason move. Uh, but I mean, I think Osweiler definitely deserved deserved the start. He might have had a short leash the next season. I'm not saying you know if things started a little rocky and they went say two and four he would have been pulled for someone else but there's no question that he would have gotten the starting job week one unless the broncos made you know some move that that people weren't saying and maybe maybe who knows maybe they would have gone nick Foles for cheap and that could have been a competition that's exactly what i'm saying is that you pick up nick Foles and you put him in there and he's better than brock osweiler i mean like you think about like he got sat for peyton manning on crutches like essentially you think about Peyton Manning, and then you think about Peyton Manning with, like, multiple sclerosis. And they, they, that's the Peyton Manning that played the end of that season. And that that's the Peyton Manning that, like, beat him for the starting job at the end of that season. He's a second-string quarterback. He's not a starter. Not in this league. And, yeah, you pick up someone like Nick Foles, and you pick up anybody else. And, like, like I don't think he would have started. If he started, he wouldn't have started for long. Well, it, it, the, the difference is, you know, Mark Sanchez's name isn't Peyton Manning, uh, you, regardless of, of what kind of season Peyton Manning was having. Uh, I think there would have been a lot of pressure, you know, put on, uh, you know, put on the Denver Broncos just in general from the media. You know, why would you, you know, why keep Peyton Manning out in what is obviously his last year? So I think there was some media pressure on Gary Kubiak and everybody else, but uh I, you know, this year, had he been with Denver, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if they would have signed Mark Sanchez. I don't know if they would have drafted Paxton Lynch. I don't know if we would be sitting here talking about Trevor Simeon. One way or the other, he'd be starting. And that's not to say this is an Aaron Rodgers taking over for Brett Favre situation. Uh, you know, Rodgers had a huge leash, and I, I can't say Osweiler would have. But he, he, would be, he would be starting in Denver regardless. But Houston, he's got weapons, and uh, we're, we're going to find out if he can use them. I think, you know, he used the opportunity to get paid. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, best of luck to him in Houston. I just don't see it happening. So let's get some fun news. Uh, you just talked about Rodgers. Any guys Bachelorette fans? You might not be, but, you know, you have girlfriends and wives. Uh, right now, Aaron Rodgers' brother is just tearing it up on, on the Bachelorette, but... Apparently, there's no, uh, you know, there's no not speaking relationship between the two. Let's get some hot takes on that. So we literally, literally never seen an episode of that show, so I, I, I can't do much to help you out. 
I uh, so help me. I think I understand kind of the way the show works. Um, the way I understand it is that this chick is, you know, trying to, you know, trying to find a guy to marry or whatever the case is. But uh, I understand she goes on like multiple dates in a night. Does that not freak out anybody else in this? It's, it's 2016. People are more liberal and uh, progressive, that kind of stuff. Andrew. Okay. I mean, come no, on. No, no, I'm not, I'm you're, not... allowed, you're allowed to sleep with multiple multiple men in one night and still and still close the deal. Okay, but I'm saying uh, this has nothing to do with uh, the Catholic upbringing that I rejected. Oh, I was being completely sarcastic. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the, the, the Catholic – just for anybody that wasn't being sarcastic. Uh, this has nothing to do with – you know, a personal belief. Just I'm sitting here thinking, as a guy, if I'm living in that house and I know I'm the fourth guy to sleep with her tonight, uh, at what point do I hand over some money to her uh, and say <laughs> and, and say thanks? Um, so, she does have the she does have the crazy eyes going on. If you if you look at uh, JoJo's the name of the, the Bachelorette. But, I mean, there's a football tie-in right now. If you, if you watched it, I've been suckered into a few episodes. Aaron Rodgers' little brothers on the show. Uh, of course, he play, He drops a brother card all the time, being like, oh, yeah, my brother's Aaron Rodgers, and like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a celebrity. Oh, my brother's an NFL quarterback. But, you know, it, Aaron Rodgers came forward this week and was like, we have a non-talking relationship. Yeah, we have definitely, there's some family strife going on. I, I think it's just pretty, you know, pretty funny to see. I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs a family. Wait, wait. <laughs> and I, I think his brother does. Wait, so the family, he said, this is like first brother. He's not like your stepbrother or anything like that. So this oh, real? It's, it's blood. 100%. Uh, damn. Guys, guys. I'm pretty much a resident expert in this. My wife makes me watch this nearly every single week. Uh, so you, there's actually an episode where they go to Jordan Rogers' house. Oh, my God. And you actually get to see the oldest brother... Aaron's the middle brother. Jordan's the youngest. I think it's Luke or something might be the oldest. Luke looks like he's been on about a 20-year bender. He's like the fattest <laughs> version of Aaron Rodgers you could ever imagine. You you get to meet the Rodgers' parents, and like you get to see their their, their awesome house. Like they're, they're not hurting at all. Like So the fact that they're sitting around whining about Aaron, like not staying in touch with the family, is just complete bullshit. Like Aaron is a Hollywood celebrity, even in Wisconsin or where the fuck they play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, Jordan's just milking it. Uh, JoJo, or my wife swears JoJo is going to pick Jordan to win just for the money. Uh, oh, for sure. Cause it, it, the guy I was going so, for got so voted right. out, so I'm a little, little heartbroken. Got, I but got, you know it's kind of, you know it's going to be tough for Jordan because you know whenever, you know, they're like, Having Emmett moments, JoJo's gonna be thinking of of the brother, and there's no reason why she would pick him if it wasn't for that brother connection. That's yeah. you know that's, that's what I'm saying. If you have to drop who your brother is, or who your best friend is, or who your dad is, if you're if you're trying to impress a girl with somebody that isn't you, guess what? She's she's thinking about them while you're having your your sexy time. So yeah. uh, if, if you know what, if Jordan can get past that, then uh, you know, kudos to him. But uh, you know, he better be okay with that because that's all she's marrying for. Yeah. So the that's moment I knew, yeah, the moment I knew Jordan was a giant loser was they. There's a point in the show where they get down to so many, many guys, and they get to take them to their hometown, show them their family, blah blah blah. So most people like so they so they go to the hometowns of these guys, and they normally take her on like you know a nice sentimental date, like somewhere special. 
you know, maybe maybe out in the wilderness or maybe back in their home somewhere. But Jordan Rogers takes her back to high school, and he walks <laughs> around and shows her his high school and all the high school pictures of like him and Aaron, like in like the uh, the AD's office of the high school, and it's like. It's just the most pathetic thing I ever saw in my life, and I couldn't help but laugh at this guy the entire time. I was like, this guy's life must just be terrible if he's got to take her back to high school. If uh, You know what? I think my my wife could tell you on one hand the number of things I've, I've told her about high school, let alone sit there and take her back to it so we can relive the whole fucking thing. There, like, you know, if you if, if high school were your glory days, that's that's all right. Uh, we don't care to hear about it, but you know that's all right. You, you know, to each his own. But to to feel the need to take somebody there and relive it like that, I, especially on like a national television show, and to show off that you and your much more famous and successful brother, uh, I Jesus, I, I, there's got to be some level of desperation in this show too. I I don't know. I don't know anything about JoJo, and maybe she's hot, but uh, yeah, I it's I can't imagine anything worse. She's a babe. Glory days. Yeah, she, uh, she, she is. is extremely fucking attractive. <laughs> she's had a little work done, but you know what? She still looks great. To which I ask the question: Why are you having such a tr- such a problem finding a man that you have to get on a TV show? If no, no, no. It, they're called attention whores. Uh, I don't know. These, guys, these guys are pretty damn hot. I mean, you get choose from the best of the best. Whoa, whoa. Let's be real. Okay, hey, okay. take it easy. Okay, if, if anyone here, you know, exercises regularly, you can admire uh, a well-tuned body that uh, you, can, you can admire some chiseled abs. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's be real. There's nothing There's nothing iffy about that. It's just like it's just like watching the NFL and, you know, your jaw dropping when you see Adrian Peterson break a, a tackle for a 70-yard touchdown run. When you know Chad walks out with the shirt off, same reaction. There's nothing weird there, right? You got Andrew's. Andrew agrees with me. I think you've been spending a little too much time in Boys Town. <laughs> no, I, what the hell is Joe JoJo's real name? Because like, all I can think of is like Mojo JoJo from the Powerpuff Girls. Because <laughs> like, like your real name is not JoJo. So I've got I've got Ryan sitting here talking about male chiseled bodies, and I've got Rick now talking about the Powerpuff Girls. Um, this, this show's going way off the rails. I think it's a good time to you know get near the end of the podcast if that, that's happening. <laughs> I, I think I think it sounds like it's a good time to wind down. All right, so you know on the docket and some future episodes, it's finally going to be August. That means you know this is the first month where we actually get football. Granted, it's college football and it's preseason NFL action, so not the same. But it finally allows us to get to you know the real the real meat uh, of some of these podcast episodes. You know, stay tuned in the future where we'll be talking you know episodes dedicated to an NFL preview. Who's gonna win every? Who's gonna win the divisions? Make the playoffs? Be you know award MVP? Uh, I think everyone's gonna be pretty much wrong. That you listen to. You know, in sports media on this, so you might as well have fun when listening to it. So turn on for that. We'll be doing our own fantasy preview. We, we got some numbers to back it up, so I think it's going to be worth uh, listening on that episode. And then coming up soon, we also are going to be doing a live draft. So, you know, be sure to check that out where we'll have the ESPN open. And the whole podcast will just be us breaking down our picks, other picks. You know, you, you, get, you get to be in the shoes of four real draft pros such as us. Really, it's a really lucky experience for for those you know those those listeners. 
Uh, we're, we're planning to get some interviews, you know, pretty soon as well. So, you know, got some surprises. We'll, we'll tell you more about those when those get finalized. And we also have a uh, joint podcast with some other fantasy football podcasts coming out pretty soon called the FF Mixtape. So hashtag FF Mixtape. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. First episode will be coming after this one. We'll probably get recurring episodes, you know, every month as the season goes on. We're just going to hear multiple voices in fantasy football and in NFL provide you insight. You know, sometimes it's hard uh, if you want to hear a take, listen to an hour just to get that nugget information. So why not hear, you know, in 40 minutes, seven or eight, nine different different uh, people from the football community, and that way you get the instant knowledge that you need. So so we got some good good call, uh, content coming up for you guys. If you want to reach out to the show, feel free to tweet at us at FFMFPod. Follow us. Uh, you know, we like to interact with our, our Twitter base. We do it pretty often. Uh, we, you can always leave a comment on our website, foulmouthfootball.com. That's where you can also go to download our latest episodes. And, you know, go on. You can also go on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, really anywhere they can get a podcast, you can find us. So please go on, you know, rate us, whatever you want to rate us. Uh, download, subscribe, provide feedback. You know, we love hearing from you guys. We love answering questions. We're trying to we're trying to help you guys out. So so on that note, you know, I hope, hope this is a good episode for you. We'll, we'll see you next week.